What a day this is. Here we are gathered as a church of churches, gathered uh, from around the world here in metro Atlanta because God is up to something. And of all things, today, as we're preaching through the Bible in 18 months today, we come to the prophet of Zephaniah. Zephaniah was the prophet who preached during the Reformation of Josiah. Now, Josiah has always been a role model for me. As we worked here in the South to rid this land of racism, and our congregation stands as a testimony that it's possible to get rid of racial issues, we thank God for what he's done to bring together a church of churches. Fifty-two different nations represented in our one congregation. That's a miracle. It's similar to what took place when Josiah was king of Israel. We're aware of the reformation of Josiah, but what we may not have ever realized is perhaps the catalyst, the voice that ignited the nation and even arrested the king and put him under orders was the voice of Zephaniah. Zephaniah was the prophet who preached when Josiah was king. And Josiah, who dismantled the high places, who evicted demonic idols, who broke in half the Asherah poles, he rid the land of high places and idols and Asherah poles, but it was Zephaniah who preached and ignited his own heart and rallied a nation to join the king in ridding the land of idols and Asherah poles and high places. If ever we lived in a day when that was needed, it's today. Today we need God to raise up Josiahs who will over their territory, over their jurisdiction, rid the land of idols and Asherah poles and high places. And if we're going to have a congregation filled with Josiahs, we need Zephaniahs who will be the prophet, the voice calling for such action. We come to the book of Zephaniah today. It's a short book, only three chapters. In fact, on this day, when our congregations gather, our Spanish congregation, our Eritrean congregation, our Asian delegation, our uh, Vietnamese congregation, our uh, Chinese and African and our English-speaking congregation all gathered together here in this one place, I exalt before you the reality that the Lord your God is with you, and he is mighty to save. He rejoices over you and takes great delight in you. He quiets you in his love and rejoices over you with singing. Zephaniah chapter 3 Verse 17. We want to unpack this verse today. And it begins, the Lord your God is with you. Now, the translation of the New International Version is with you is rather anemic. Actually, the King James does much better, and it says, is in the midst of you. If we were to imagine Jesus Christ elevated right in the middle of his people. That's what we're talking about. 
It's very similar to what Jesus said, when two or three of you are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. That's what this verse is saying. It's down, it really means in the belly, down in the guts, down deep, down where we have our emotions, our passions, our, our motivations. That's down at the level where uh, Jesus Christ is as his people gather with him. The Lord your God is in the middle of you. I'm reminded of the movie, one of my favorite movies, Hitch, starring Will Smith. And he's this guy who makes a living setting up guys who could never get a date and finds the right person, kind of a matchmaker. Well, the irony of the story is Hitch has never been hitched, and he's kind of afraid to get too close to women. And as only Will Smith can do as a very playful role, well, toward the end, he falls in love with this gal that he's, he loves her, but he can't win her over. And he stands outside her apartment door. He walks up the back stairway and is standing out in the doorway and he knocks and she looks through and doesn't want to open the door and Will Smith's standing on the other side and he's, and he's going, come on, you got to open up. I've got to tell you something. And he, and he says, I just, I just feel so much for you. Way down deep in here, I just feel for you so much. I, it's just making me sick. And then he realized what he said. He says, no, 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 I don't mean that. But he says, down, down deep in here. I just, I've never felt like this before. Well, that down deep that Will Smith was trying to describe, down deep, that's where our God lives. That's where God moves. God works among us in such a way that, that he gets down deep. He gets down under the surface, down where our motivations are, down where our emotions are. And if you've never met God at that level, perhaps you've never met God. The Lord your God is in the midst. He's down in the guts. When you gather, that's what attracts us to each other. That's what unifies us. I remember back 20 years ago, there was discussion had right here over whether we stay or whether we move as a congregation, whether we move our church campus. We could see the demographics changing, and we faced a decision. Are we going to change with the demographics, or are we going to move to remain a predominantly white congregation? And we decided at that time, no, God wants us here. God wants us to change with the community. And by the grace of God, we've been able to change. We've been able to morph and adjust and assimilate. And now to look out at a congregation that is so multiracial, so intercultural, so heterogeneous, it is absolutely incredible to see the diversity and yet the unity of the body of Christ. What we are experiencing here at Lilburn Alliance Church is a taste of heaven. We're experiencing the fact that the glue that holds us together is none other than the Lord our God who is in the midst of us. Now, this God who's in the midst of us 
it says he, the first thing it says about him is he is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. The word mighty is the Hebrew word gabor, from which we get el gabor, mighty warrior, warrior god. Gabor means warring, it means champion, it means the one who has conquered the conqueror. It's a picture of a conquering military general who went into battle against all odds and defeated the enemy. That's the Lord our God in the midst of our gathering is mighty. And he's mighty not to destroy, but he's mighty to save, to rescue those who are being destroyed. That is the Lord our God who is among us. He's mighty. He's El Gabor. He's mighty to save. The word save, of course, is Yasha, from which we get Yeshua, uh, Jesus' name. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That's the word here that's used in Zephaniah 3.17, that he's mighty to save. He is the Gabor Yeshua. He's the mighty champion, not to destroy, but to save and to rescue. That is the Lord our God. Now what's it say about him? Of all things that it could then go on, it goes on and says three things that he does. This one who is among us, he's down deep inside of our belly as a church family. He is mighty to save. It says three things about how mighty he is to save. The first one is he takes great delight in you. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He loves this gathering. He loves to serve us. He just loves us. He likes us. He likes being with us. He takes great delight in us. Now that's something you and I don't think much about. We're familiar with the scripture in Psalm 37 that says, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But rarely do we think that the God we delight in is the one who delights in us. But isn't that wonderful? That the same God that we're exhorted to delight in is already delighting in us. That's what the Bible says in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he first loved us. And his delight is toward us. And when we recognize that, we see the second result of him being among us as the one mighty to save. It says, he will quiet you with his love. We're going to be heading into the summer months, and the summer is a good time to catch our breath and to be restored. Well, here it says that this God who is among us, and he's mighty, He's a champion, he's a warrior on behalf of our salvation. Because of his great warring quality to save us, he will quiet us in his love. This is referring to the eternal rest that God gives us, that he puts within us rest and peace. The peace of God resting in us because we can rest in his ability to save us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died. And that salvation that God provides for us is, 
is almost like a hammock in which we can rest and enjoy peace knowing that we did not work for our salvation. It is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. It is because of Christ's death on the cross that we are able to enter in and have eternal life and the salvation that he provides for us. He quiets us in his love. Psalm 23, he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. That's the quieting love of God who is among us as the one mighty to save. And then it says, finally, number three, that he rejoices over you with singing. Now this morning we've done some great singing. We've filled this place. We've painted the the rafters with, with song and with praise. But imagine with me that the sky was rolled back and the rafters were removed and lo and behold, right there, we recognize that the God to whom we have been singing is singing over us. That there's almost a cacophony. That there's an echo. And any of you who uh, are familiar with our sanctuary, you know we've had our echoes. And uh, it's a beautiful building, but it does reverberate. Well, instead of being annoyed by that, just imagine with me that every time you hear an echo, it reminds you of the fact that not only are we singing to God, but God is singing to us. And not only am I speaking to you, but God is speaking to you. That there is a multi-level of singing going on in this place. There's God who sings. There's angels who are rejoicing. And there's us that join in the, the great song of praise to the Lord. And why does God delight over us? Why does he quiet us in his love? And why does he even rejoice over us with singing? Why all of that? Well, I asked God to give me a decent illustration to conclude this message with And perhaps you read the news story. The man's name was Handai Hafez, 28-year-old. He was working, and suddenly he collapsed of cardiac arrest, was pronounced dead. The next day or two, the funeral was held, and at the funeral as they were preparing to close the casket, someone went up to approach the casket and touched his hand. And Mr. Hafez was warm, warmer than the room. He didn't feel like a lump of clay, like a departed person feels. And he called over the funeral director and said, are you sure he's dead? And they said, well, most certainly. He was pronounced dead by the doctor two two days ago. And they brought in someone else to check, and lo and behold, he was breathing. In another moment, they helped him up, and he sat up in the casket. 
His mother, who was at the funeral, fell over, fainted. And no one could believe it. He gets up out of the casket. I'm not making this up. This is too, too, too good to make up. And the funeral turned into a party. And it lasted into the wee hours of the morning because Hamdi Hafez was raised up out of his deathbed, I mean, out of his coffin, and came back to life. Now, whether or not he was literally dead, whether he was pronounced errantly dead, uh, no one that probably will ever know. And I'm not even here talking about a miracle. But what I'm talking about is why would God sing when we sing? It's because every time we sing, we're acknowledging the fact that we who were dead in our sins, who were in our casket, ready to be laid in the ground, God gave us life. He raised us up. It's no wonder he's rejoicing over us with singing. And that's what we celebrate when we gather together as believers on Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which made possible the resurrection of every one of us. We who were dead in trespasses and sins have now been made alive. Why? Because he is mighty to save. And is it any wonder that this message of Zephaniah 3.17 had enough power to put the fire underneath the throne of King Josiah to transform his nation. And may the same fire that God lit by Zephaniah under the throne of Josiah light a fire under each one of us to join God in ridding the land of idols and Asherah poles and high places that we would prepare this place as a true sanctuary, that we would get rid of the crud in our lives, the idols and the sexual dysfunctions and the high places so that we might worship the one true and living God. Oh, my brothers and sisters from 52 different nations, let me call us today to recognize the one who is mighty to save. And not only is he mighty to save, but he is among us. He is here and he is among us. He's right in the midst of us. He takes great delight in you. He should be able to quiet you in his love. And he does sing over you with great rejoicing. Father, put this word in our hearts that we might embrace you, the living God, among us, who is mighty to save. And today, Lord, we acknowledge that you take delight in us even as we take delight in you. That you cause us to rest and be quiet in your presence and that you actually, and if we listen carefully, we can recognize that you are singing over us. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen.